I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 83rd Church Mag Podcast. He's talking about the fact that all we need to do is good works, and that's enough. I don't think that these things are mutually exclusive or mutually inclusive. Every single thing the church does, like whether it's mailers or whether it's just word of mouth, it's all still marketing. It's all still communicating your message to an audience. This week's podcast is brought to you by Media Fusion. Media Fusion can get your church started with live streaming for as little as $9 per month. Start setting up live streaming today. Learn more, sign up for free visiting MediaFusionApp.com. That's MediaFusionApp.com. Church marketing, it's a thing. But should the church even worry about marketing? That's our topic this week. If you want to join this week's conversation or ask a question, simply use the hashtag CMAGCast and we'll be sure to reply. Now, let the fun begin. Here we go, another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. And uh, let's go ahead and share another iTunes review. This came from semi mike uh semi mike said i've been a listener for a long time almost as far back as when the podcast was started it's been a staple on my playlist for a long time it's a great podcast for when you want to laugh know about awesome tech in the church space and even when it's time to time to get serious about topics that affect us every day i feel totally blessed to have these great group of guys to listen to every week keep up the great work and keep churning out great content and hilarious nerdy banter thanks no semi mike Thank you. He, he called it the best church and tech podcast, hands down. Does, does Semi Mike drive a semi? Because if he doesn't, I'm, I feel let down. Well, <laughs> semi is all uppercase, so I don't know. Maybe he's like... It's like he's semi-sweet? Right, or he's only part of a mic. Oh, Mike, did, did, did Mike lose an arm in an accident on his, on his semi-truck? I didn't mean like <laughs> that. <laughs> This week, we're going to be talking about church marketing. They go together, just as church marketing sucks, who clearly uh, their mission statement takes judgment on the uh, unfortunate general state of church marketing. Uh, church marketing, is that really a thing or what? Jeremy, what do you think? So I saw an article via Twitter on a guy named Kevin's blog post. He's a good guy out there trying to do a lot of website design for churches, has a lot of great ideas on the topic. And one of the things that he was talking about, let me pull up his premise of his entire thing, um, started originally as a tweet and then he turned it into a blog post. Is He said, want my real opinion on church marketing? Heal the sick, raise the dead, win the lost, and that will be the market, that will be all the marketing you ever need. And so that was the whole premise of his entire blog article is that instead of worrying about needing to do marketing, kind of like what Church Marketing Sucks talks about, instead, why don't we just go and do what Jesus did? And that's all that we need as far as church marketing is concerned. I have tweeted something similar to that before. I've said if the church was really focusing on what it ought to be focusing on, then we wouldn't have to worry so much about marketing. But I said we wouldn't have to worry so much about marketing. And I think that it's how you define marketing. If you define the terms, then maybe we can really talk about these things clearly. Because the truth of the matter is that marketing is a form of communication. So to say, I mean, even in that statement alone, that's the only quote unquote marketing you will need. That is still marketing in, in a sense. It's still marketing. So marketing exists. So it ought to be good marketing. And it should most certainly be honest marketing. Yeah, I mean, marketing really, in, in a way, is just bringing bringing your brand, bringing your 
uh, brain sounds terrible, but marketing is just bringing what you do and what your message is to the, um, the market, i.e. to the people around you, you know, um, it's all, it's all it is. It's not, it's not marketing. Isn't lying or it can be, but it doesn't have to be marketing. Marketing doesn't have to be advertising, but it can be marketing is just selecting your audience and then bringing your message to them. And every, every good church should do that. Yeah. You, you should be able to communicate your vision, right? Of what's going on. Because I mean, you, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the church on the corner that says, Oh, um, you should go there, you'll get healed because then you have people going there for the wrong reasons. Exactly. Here's the thing that was kind of rubbing up against me is, is he is approaching this and I don't know, I don't know his theology in this process. He did give me a couple of different con- concepts to think about on Twitter. But for me, he's talking about the fact that all we need to do is good works and that's enough. Whereas Jesus in the entire process of um, before he ascended, said, go take it to all the world. And that's what marketing is, is to take it to all the world. And so I'm concerned about this idea where all you need to do is good things and that'll be enough because there's a lot of great secular organizations out there that don't represent Jesus. And all we are doing is falling in line with that. Whereas with church marketing sucks, as they approach the concept it's we need to be doing better marketing for a better intentionality and what if instead of saying let's just go and help people what if we did that and and try to actually get the message in front of people that there is this jesus who's out there and a huge portion of his ministry was to help the widow and to help the homeless and to help all those people everything that gener the my generation believes in the millennials Go and serve. Go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I love that. But he is basically saying, at least in this blog post, and I don't know if this fully encompasses him, I won't speak for him, that that's all you need. And I don't agree with that. Let's 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 go to the Bible, okay? Um, John thirteen thirty five says, uh, you know, by this everyone will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. And I feel like that is kind of what he's saying, but that by our love and by our good works, by our character of our of our assembly, we will be known to be his disciples. But at the same time, I feel like if I love the people in my church and I love my church. I'm going to be sharing with people the importance of my church to me and how my church has led me to God, how my church has um, helped to save me and to not that the church does the actual salvation work, but you know what I'm saying, has done work to preserve my life and to bring me to a, a newer level of better living and communicating that to those on the outside is marketing. We're, what, like every single thing the church does, like whether it's mailers or whether it's just word of mouth, it's all still marketing. It's all still communicating your message to an audience. And I feel like that he's right, that if we're doing these things, people will hear about them. But the way, the way they hear about them, the way they see about them, that word of mouth is still marketing. It's still empower, you empowering your people to communicate the message of what's going on in your church. Absolutely. And so here's where we flip and rosy dough this whole process is I agree with everything, single thing you said. Basically, if I were to sum you up, Phil, you could say we need to be doing those hands and feet things of Jesus, but it's by our proclamation and our actions as well that we are showing the world Jesus. Is that correct? Yes. So here's my concern is I went to him and I was just giving a general theological discussion in response to what he had said was, 
hey, I know that what you're saying, but what Jesus also did miracles and said, don't go and tell anybody. And he then responded with, yeah, but that's completely against Jesus's entire approach that you need. That was the Old Testament and you're completely wrong. And so for me, my response was, okay, I'm just going to let this be. So my response was, never mind. And I just kind of let it drop. Then he goes and writes this entire blog article about it. Everyone else is just giving, I agree, I agree. And so then he writes this entire blog article to expand everything out. And this is one of many times where I gave a little bit of pushback. He completely defends and says that I'm wrong and then becomes passive aggressive and writes an entire article about it. And for me, the big problem with this is, is if we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and then we go and be passive aggressive with a blog article with something like this, are we actually being Jesus to people? Especially with our digital approach of we could be passive aggressive on social media and blog articles that we are not being Jesus to people, even though we say we are going to be Jesus to people by our words and not by our actions. Yeah, I, I don't think these two things, the marketing and the being the hands and feet of Jesus, I don't think either one of these things, I don't think that these things are mutually exclusive or mutually inclusive. Agreed. And I don't think you have to get rid of one to have the other. And I think they actually work pretty well together. Agreed. And I... If he hadn't quoted, if he hadn't quoted his tweet to you at the beginning of the article, I don't think it would be necessarily be passive aggressive. Because I've I've had interactions with people online, and I ended up as a response to for my own for my own sanity, wrote out my thoughts on the topic. And I didn't, I did not, or I did my best to keep it vague to where I wasn't like subtweeting about this person. Right. So I think there's there's room for that. But I agree. But by quoting the tweet at the beginning, he kind of set it up that way. But if I could offer this, both of you are wrong about Jesus and his miracles. <laughs> He, the reason he didn't, he said, don't tell anybody about this. Uh, yeah. it's, not, it's not a statement of any kind of policy or you know, teaching on miracles. It was literally about him keeping his notoriety down long enough to continue doing his teaching. Sure. And, and I don't disagree. In fact, here's my actual response. My one thought on this, Jesus constantly told his miracle receivers to tell no one. And then I spelled no wrong, of course. So grammar Nazis kill me for that. And then it says, could we warrant, could we learn anything from this? Okay. I got you. And the idea of learning something from this isn't necessarily the idea of marketing goes down that route, though. That's how he had taken it. My thought on it was what if we did all those things and didn't market it at all? And then our love for Jesus is just simply our being and our approach to something like this. But the Twitter response is, no, that's terrible. And then the passive aggressiveness of the blog article is, no, that's terrible. And it, for me, it goes against everything I was leading up in that discussion. But we never got to that point because of how the approach was in that. And so it went against his approach of we should be nice and love at one another. And the digital nature of being a Christian for me gets really convoluted and yet becomes crystal clear at the same time where our hearts are on display for the world to see of, do we want to take this approach? And then our actions don't align with it because of how we are tweeting and blog posting and stuff like that. And I, I have no ill will against Kevin. I'm in fact, not posting his, I don't want us to share any of his stuff for us to go meet me to him because the guy is amazing. He does a lot of stuff for the church tech community and he's really on fire for God. And I love it. Um, but I wonder if sometimes we get caught up in that personal nature of digital, I'm right, you're wrong, or you're out to get me or who knows whatever it is. And I, as you guys know, I've experienced this a lot. And I, I've even been on the receiving end or the 
the attacking end of why are they out to get me? And so I'm not speaking just to Kevin because I do this all the time as well. And I wonder if our digital nature gets in the way of that. And all three of us are always digital. So what are your guys' thoughts? I think that that this is something that happens in the analog. And the only reason we're able to pick up on the pattern is because now that it's digital, we have a record of it and we're able to see the progression of things. Mm-hmm. Because when you start yeah. when you start challenging the status quo, no matter where you're at, okay, if you begin to challenge the status quo, you're automatically going to get kind of marked like that. But what does that say for our hearts whenever we go back and recount those records and look at the fallout of what could have been as opposed to what actually was because of our immediate response? Well, I, I think that we need to learn from that and, and mm-hmm. realize that uh, – we need to be more open to discussion, and maybe the uh, the establishment that is the church, the empire that has been built, that we need to really see it for what it is, and um, start rethinking how we how we a- approach uh, the church and 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 how it's been established and what it has become. Even mm-hmm. so much to the point where marketing is more important than reaching those in need. Because I think in some cases that is truth that the, the website being looking good is more important than than reaching the local community. It happens. Um, real quick, did you just call the church the Empire as we're prepared to <laughs> s- see a new Star Wars person on the scene? <laughs> I did. It, so, some some of em- Empire, as in you know what what has been established yeah. as the, the functional church. Well, I yes, the you. Empire. I, I did. I, I, did. I think. I think too. There's something to be said for you know marketing is fine if what you're marketing is alive and effective. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the point he's making, and I don't necessarily like how he made it, um, nothing wrong with marketing, but I agree that if you're marketing um, a social club, stop, you know, it's not, you're not, you're just muddying the waters for the rest of us who are trying to actually, you know, win the lost. So knock it off. Right. That's why I love the work of church marketing sucks. I go to church. I go to church. We've got a we have a basketball court and uh, we have a bunch of different groups and stuff and it's really good and whatnot. Uh, it, it, that's great. That's great. Um, do, have you met Jesus yet? Uh, no. Does he, does he go to the Sunday afternoon service? <laughs> Never mind. Right. I also think that there's something to be said for let's assume the best in people. And that's, that's one reason why I didn't want to make it a – we are against him approach because I think that he has great intentions in this process. And so with our digital assumptions that we make in life, can we, instead of assuming it's me against the world, which is a lot of roles, Christians instead make it a, maybe we're in this together, which could be a positive and life changing approach to how we deliver the gospel. Well, if we did that, then we would have to um, work with other people that think differently on things that we think are really important. That's just a terrible (laughs) idea. I think with the digital nature of it, it gets enhanced to an nth degree and it gets, it gets documented, which is a bad thing for us as People that say we love and trust in Jesus, don't worry, don't have anxiety, and don't have concerns that go beyond that that involve petty, backhanded shadiness. Yeah, but my, I mean, my larger point here is that it, it happens so much faster on the Internet because um, there's no faces. Um, your avatar doesn't count. But I feel like that's, tr- I feel like that's, that's trickling back into regular life. 
and it's happening faster in real life. Even when you, you even when you can see that person and you can go directly and ask them, did you, that really bothered me, quote unquote, this and that. And, um, you know, no, but we still immediately reach for the offense button. Yeah. And I think it gets really difficult when it's someone that we really trust and value. And I think that that's painful. Um, I've had professional relationships where they just broken down because of assumptions and they weren't being, they weren't able to be repaired. I also think that when you go beyond just a professional or an impersonal relationship that Twitter can offer and others like that to something like what we have right here, Phil, you could say the most terrible thing to me online. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That's not Phil. What's going on? What did I do to offend him? And how do I correct this immediately? Which is a completely different response that I want to have to someone that says something mean to me on Twitter that I've never actually talked to digitally. And I think that that's also important to recognize that um, there's something to be said for great relationships online. And there's something to be said for personal, authentic relationships online as well. And how many of those latter versions do we have with people online that are actual true relationships that we can count them as friends. Yeah, that's kind of how the world is functioning. I mean, if you look at YouTube video comments or go to Reddit, you can see you can see kind of the breakdown in, in, in how the I almost said banter. It's it's not really a banter even. It's a it's this bizarre code of conduct or lack of code of conduct. And I think just like Phil has said about how we use mobile devices in public, Christians can live differently. I think that we can, we have a great opportunity to live differently online, uh, especially when we have conflicts with one another. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Use the Church Mag podcast hashtag CMagCast if you want to send us a question or a comment about the podcast. Also, leave us a review on iTunes when you get a chance. We love the feedback. You can also submit any comment, question, or podcast idea by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this. Until next week. Maybe I'm going to agree with Mr. whatever his name is, Jeremy, and I'm going to look bad. Maybe. No, probably not. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Go, go, push back, Rangers. <laughs>